Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show. Today we have another very special guest, trainer, and legend, Jordan. Jordan Lolly, welcome to the show. Well, I am a trainer, Buster, but I'm definitely no legend. It's a pleasure to see you, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. We first met, um, we were just talking about it, right before the apocalypse, let's just call it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The social apocalypse. Uh, and, uh, and we were playing at, it was at all star in Chicago. We were playing in this influencer run. We didn't know each other. You probably didn't notice, you know, my outstanding game, but I definitely noticed yours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely, it was definitely a good time, but it's good. To, it's good to connect since then. It really is, man. I had a lot of fun and I definitely, your game definitely shone through your intelligence on the court is what I was attracted to man so i appreciate that <laughs> I'll, take it. I'll take it bro i'll take it so i think a really good place to start and i always love hearing this because you're not a trainer you're you're an entrepreneur that loves training um and i i want i love asking entrepreneurs how they got started so where do you think you got that love whether it be for basketball or entrepreneurship and business and just building your own thing um, so where did well, that come from and how did that begin going towards what you have now? Um, starting off, you know, like my father has always been an entrepreneur and I, I know I gained I grew, that like quality or characteristic definitely came from him, um, you know, in recycling company, concrete company uh, and the trucking company that all worked together. And they're all centered around his passion, which were trucks and, uh, you know, for me growing up, I, I saw that how passionate he was with, with his work and how he was able to make and turn a profit on the things that he loved. So when I first got my bout with, with entrepreneurship, um, I was in seventh grade and I was really into, it was like 50 cent era and your boy thought that I was the coolest dude ever. I'd have like <laughs> by, these, by these fake diamond watches and bracelets on ebay and then i'd upsell them to my little christian school friends in middle school because it was like i was riding this fad but also doing something that i loved like i was all about it man like you would not be able to recognize me then as of now but like it was just a way for me to kind of take something that i was extremely passionate in be able to make money off of it because i always had that mindset of like okay rather than just being okay or fine with loving this thing that I'm doing let's try to make it a, a way to support this lifestyle like let me find a way to piggyback off of that and turn a profit so um, that carried over into high school uh, in high school I would sell shoes I would sell still sell the watches and then um, I'd move into like when I got to college uh, fixed gear bicycles were like a thing and as you as a New Yorker I'm sure you know what a fixie is uh, those messengers that are cruising around, like that was became a huge fad in California. So I learned everything that it was, you know, what it was about fixing your bikes. I was riding, driving them all around campus and I started slanging those. I was turning a, a really good profit while playing collegiate basketball. So I've always had this knack of like taking something that I'm extremely passionate for and then making not necessarily a career out of it, but making some side money and a good uh, way to support that lifestyle. Uh, I honestly didn't see that as being like the means of me creating my career path because 
when we were crap when i was in high school there weren't like this like if you were a basketball trainer that wasn't your full-time gig like you had it was a part-time gig and you had multiple other you know streams of income you know or you did multiple things but as i started getting to college like i saw basketball as like you know, giving me an opportunity to play professionally, but nothing more than that. And it wasn't until I got done playing professionally, when I came back, I was working for a a loan shark and we were acquiring properties. And, you know, it was just something like for the first time in my life, I was making money doing something that I didn't like, like I wasn't about. And, and I noticed like, well, previously, like my endeavors, like business endeavors, like I would always see, you know, great ROI and, you know, like this, it was just something that was just stagnant. And during that time, I had had a couple of clients that I was training basketball, um, like younger clients that I was doing just for side money. But I was really finding my voice and, and figuring out how much I, I love to teach. And then, you know, while two turned to four, four turned to mm-hmm. eight, eight turned to 16, I started realizing that, okay, I'm now making more training than I am uh, playing or than I am doing my other job. Like this is an opportunity for me to continue. And I enjoyed it a lot more too. Yo, so much more. Although they're doing it in Southern California might be, is a little different because you work with some very pretentious little snot nosed kids. I love them. (laughs) Hey, if any of you guys are listening, you know exactly who I'm talking about, (laughs) but it was just one of those things. Like it was, it was, I was me able to, kind of live and create a career path for myself after the values and things that I'd be doing years prior. So um, that's how my entrepreneurial, you know, mindset and how my career kind of came to be. I love it, man. If you were to go back and now tell yourself one thing when you were, you know, buying those watches and flipping them, uh, what, what would that advice be? Would it be just to go straight into training? What, what would you be telling yourself? Uh, invest more invest more in myself. Like I, I feel like I, I come from a very conservative background. So everything that I did was always, okay, make sure that I turn a profit and don't go overboard. And I wish I took some risk. I wish I, you know, went out and bought more of, you know, bought more watches to sell to higher quantities or got outside of my comfort zone to really take those chances early on. Cause I feel like if I would have made mistakes early on about investments, it would have helped me later on when I had more big boy mistakes that I made, like I, you know, I, when I was in high school, I started a property management company also with my brothers and we managed my two, my family's two rental properties. Nice. And it was something just very low key, very low maintenance, but a way for us to realize how to, to, to grow, you know, a business and how to develop. And then when I got into college, we took the money that we had made, and we did invest. So we became like, kind of like, like miniature angel investors, but we ended it. up, we ended up hitting a, hitting a home run on the first investment that we had in a company called Eco ATM, uh, which was the cell phone dispensary company where they buy back your phones, they sell them, you know, to third world countries. And, um, we ended up being bought out in public or went, bought, uh, went in being bought out by Coinstar. And it was like my, our first real success with an investment. However, we then had no, I've had no uh, failures up to this point. So I'm thinking like everything, I, I'm, I'm Midas. Everything I touch turns to gold. I'm going to start oh, yeah. investing heavily. 
I'm going to start investing heavily in, you know, these investments because everything I touch is gold. Well, I've learned the hard way that that's not always the case. So like the next one, next go around, we ended up losing big in a, in a genome project. And it was just like one of those things, like I wish I would have invested more early on into certain avenues like that business decisions. So that way I could have learned right away, like do proper due diligence, all these little things that I didn't really take into account at a later point when it really made a big difference. Um, you know, for financial reasons. Got it. So how do you apply some of those lessons now to your full time, which is training and, you know, whether it be virtually or, you know, obviously before in person um, and kind of some of the other stuff that you're doing, how do you, how do you apply that, that love for risk? Because that's something that I'm a huge proponent of as well. You gotta, you gotta take some risks. You gotta mess around. You have to fail to figure out what works yeah um for me you know a lot of it is just based off of embracing the suck is something that we always say I like, like no matter what it is when you're starting something new um and like i'm a big advocate like i've loved this haven't loved it but this quarantine time has been a challenge and i feel like one of the biggest problems with today's society is we just are complacent with a lot and if you're winning you get complacent with like going through you know the equation of like okay this is what I'm going to do every time and this really helped me kind of get out of that rut that positive rut of you know like oh it's working you know everything we're doing is working and it gave me an opportunity like okay you know what quarantine hits we have to be out of the gym for x amount of time like let's work on those things my weaknesses like let me let's let's go back to the things that i've maybe been pushing off because they've been challenging and i haven't wanted to fail with it and i don't want to put risk in you know and an investment into certain avenues even though i know they're gonna you know exponentially help me if i can build them the right way so this helped me go digital with a lot of our training content and that the whole situation, the whole quarantine situation allowed me to just dive in, mm-hmm. not worry about the risk, but really just focus on embracing the moment, embracing the suck and learn on the fly with a lot of the things. And now it's like a well, not a well-oiled machine, but you know, I'm, I've learned so much over the last four months about the digital space and like growing our, our platforms. Like we, our YouTube platform, which I always thought as being like one of my, one of my, my, my Achilles heel ended up going from like 14,000 to almost a hundred thousand followers and now bring generating almost $14,000 a month in income, you know, for my business without even batting an eye, just because I decided like, Hey, let's have this switch and this paradigm switch shift in like the way that I handle my, my business or the way that I handle my content and doing all this stuff. And a lot of it, like to bring in kind of like our connecting piece, a lot of it stemmed from, you know, my love for, you know, listening to Gary V stuff and like understanding how to, you know, create content and monetize off of pillar content and like all these different little things that I never really, like, I just didn't take the risk in and, and put myself in that position to fail. So gave me the opportunity to really kind of dive into it head first. Makes sense. It's funny, man. I think the people that win the best are those when, when they're 
when they're given any adverse situation or any time to actually think about it, how do they make things more efficient? So like mm-hmm. you, you took that time, especially on the front end of quarantine and started thinking, how do I make this more efficient? Also, how do I, how do I make it work? Because you know, things are taken away. So you went digital with everything. You know, even myself, and I could speak to this a little bit as well, for Hoops Nation, which is the basketball platform that I started, um, I did everything myself because I believe for the longest time that doing things yourself is always better because you don't have to call to anybody. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to do anything. You, you just, you, you do it. You do it. Yeah. And that's it. I realized that it takes a toll doing everything yourself. So I built out a team at the beginning of quarantine, you know, first, you know, time I'd ever even done that. And it's better. I never, if you told me in February that that would have been my move, I would have told you you were crazy. Preach, my man. That is literally, it sounds like me. That sounds exactly like me. That's so, so important. Everything yourself too? I wore every hat. Yeah, me too. Every freaking hat. Because I just thought nobody else could do it. And I, a lot of it is pride. Like you build something and I'm sure you can attest to it. Basketball players and trainers have, this is like a huge crutch, like very prideful in our clients and the way we run business and the way that we, you know, market ourselves. And when you just, when you see how how far you've come, the last thing like I wanted to do was just hand any bit of it off because I thought, no, there's no, there's no way anybody understands like how I speak or how I can do this. So I would literally just, put everything on me stay up till three you know doing all this stuff wait for my kids to go to bed and put in more work and beginning in quarantine you realize like okay I need an assistant I need uh, a con like somebody who can manage my content calendar like all this stuff and it has helped grow my business exponentially you know what the funniest part is too like you go from thinking that nobody can do the job that you do and then all of a sudden everybody's better at what you do than you yeah and that's the best position. Dude, Literally, that is, man. Helping me are five times better than I am. Way I better. Ten times longer than they had. They just, I'm not, like, I'm, like, it makes you realize you're not that special and you need people who are better than you to help you. And that's what, yeah. good, that's what I feel like any good uh, business person or entrepreneur or even politician or leader is able to do is they're able to get people that are way smarter way you know they, they think differently to come on board and help with that and that's amazing that you have that that same experience because it's, it's the best it's the best feeling oh, man. <laughs> so i want to talk about guys that have have been in your gym for a second um i know i'm curious uh who whose game you've ever been surprised the most by whether it be an NBA player that you've seen on the court and then in private, you're like, whoa, this dude is so much better than people even realize he's going to be so great or an influencer or a celebrity. Is there anybody you've seen? You're like, he's actually better than people thought. Oh my gosh. Probably. I still think to this day, the most athletic individual that I've ever been in the gym with has been Nick Young. And I like, that was a a long time ago, but like, I've never been as impressed as I was with an, like with anyone just with their sheer level of athleticism than a prime Nick Young. And that was back in like early, like 
2010, maybe 2011, when he was just heavily in his prime, and just the amount of like they call him Swaggy P for a reason, but the amount of like confidence and just pure athletic ability was like literally second to none. Um, I would probably have to say from an influencer or celebrity side, Rome Flynn on he's an actor Emmy Award winner on How to Get Away with Murder is a tough bucket. Like he can actually go. Like actually, who he today? Uh, we had him in. What was it today? Um, I was looking back at like some of the videos that we had, and like we did pro runs like last year, and he was in the pro runs, and he was like getting a shot off, like being able to get like high IQ of knowing how to make right reads on pick and rolls. Like those are things that, you know, you don't just automatically, you know, inherit that ability. Like those are things that are, that come from like repetitions, like professional repetitions. And he picked it up like really quick. So uh, Rome Flynn is definitely one of the top for like influencers or celebs uh, that can actually go. That's super impressive. One other guy I want to ask about is uh, Floyd Mayweather. Yes. Ball or no? He can. Like Floyd, I would say Floyd's strength is his defense because he's a pest. He picks up 94 feet. He doesn't call any fouls, even though he's a certified hack. Like we just, we love having him. I love having him on my team because nobody says anything about his fouls. Like we do not want to get. We do not want to get just like a jab to the chin. So he does he does really well on the defensive end. And he, he constantly sets screens. He's constantly, constantly in motion. He's that guy you want on your team. So we love working with Floyd. That's hilarious. Is there anybody who's out there that you would want to have in your gym that you have yet to see play, whether oh. a pro hooper or not? Who do you want to see in the gym? Who do you want to have guard you? So – I want. I would love to work with Giannis. I'm throwing that out into the universe. I want Giannis. I want Giannis. Uh, from a celeb standpoint, I want Jay Biebs. I want Justin Bieber in the gym. He can hoop a little bit. He can hoop. He's a lefty, and I kind of find myself gravitating toward lefties because we're the superior hand. You know what I mean? Like you know, I, Buster. I'm a righty, so I, I can't. I know. Play. I know what you are, man, but. <laughs> I'm a lefty, so we have more of the no. But I I just love I'd love to get JBs in in the gym. We have uh, a few mutual friends, and we're t- always talking about getting them in and you know doing our runs like your influence runs and yeah you know, he sounds like an amazing guy through you know through the the couple friends that we have and um, I would love to get him in. That's fun, man. Um, so where where do you where do you see this going to the next level? What do you want yeah. to happen? Do you want to, are you more interested in building out kind of the content side, building out a training umbrella? Where do you want a show? What, what do you want? This is your, I'm giving you an, another opportunity to throw things out into the, into the universe because yeah. they always come back. They do. Uh, yeah, man, for me, I literally was just having a, we had a, um, a team meeting yesterday and we brought this question or brought this question up because everything has been such like a a rapid growth like a, an instant like growth experience through uh quarantine like for digital for the digital space we literally talked about how we do not 
know what the future is going to hold for us. And if you would ask me prior to quarantine versus now, I would have said, hey, let's continue to build out, you know, our encore training. We want to rent out the facility and get it like the facility being funded fully on gym rentals. And then everything kind of like all the training that we do uh, just being additional, you know, income and quarantine hit. And now it's like, I don't want to train. I don't want to be on the court anymore. You know, like I want to do my content and I want to be at home with my family or travel or, you know, do stuff that, you know, that I, that I truly love. Not saying I don't love training. I love being in the gym and communicating and, and, you know, helping, you know, develop these players, but it takes a toll of taxing, you know, physically taxing, you know, toll on your body. So it's something that I realize now, like, you know, I'm not as young as I once was. I've had a very serious, you know, surgery and injury, you know, surgery. And, you know, I'm looking at more so a life that's going to allow me to kind of have a little bit more freedom and flexibility. And due to the fact that, you know, I've said, Hey, I'm not wearing every hat. I have, the people in place that if I wanted to create content, the only time that it's taking out of me is the time it takes to film. And then I let them handle the rest of it. So it seems like the, the best way to do it. So if I had it my way, next three year plan would be fully get out, get off the court, you know, unless it's filming for filming content, but having my team kind of operate and run, you know, the day to day training world. Our man, I believe in freedom the most. I think yes. you know, for anybody out there that like, I really do believe like deep down that freedom and happiness are so close together. And, you know, if you're able to get to that point, you know, which I, I really do think that a lot of people's goals should be, then you're good. But also yeah. another thing that I'll add to that is, you know, I, I noticed this with myself. Um, and I'm curious if this is true with you, but my five-year goal changes every three days. <laughs> yes. Dude, what? We're like speaking the same language. We're the same person, man. <laughs> but it's true because I, I, I go back on podcasts that I've been on or podcasts that I've recorded with other people. And it's so fun to look back at the way that you think. And I think, you know, in, in kind of, and this is one of the reasons why I love doing podcasts because everything that we think at a, at a given time is documented. So it's out there. So that in three years, your next video guy can come back to this and chop up the same answer to a different, to the same question that you said over the course of each year and see how different, you know, each, yeah. each of them is and how differently you look at everything. Yeah. Just like yourself, you know, I would have probably told you not, not that much granted has changed on my end, except for pretty much just being in isolation and working more. But, um, but I, I definitely would have told you that I would have been traveling. I was planning on going to like Europe and, you know, overseas and here and there and doing this and that with this person and that person. Yeah. And now I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to be bunkered down streaming on Twitch and like, you know, <laughs> just like doing virtual pot, bro. I, yeah. I used think that virtual podcasts were the lamest thing in the world like if before quarantine if you told me that I was going to be doing all my podcasts on zoom I would have been like please stop me if I do that but you know since I, I've realized 
I've gotten over that. That, and then the second thing that I'll say about that is I made it, I grew the team where I needed to, and I pulled back on a team where I didn't need to. I had zero people helping me out with my big business, and I had five people that I was paying to help me out with my little business. Wow. I just, I took the people from here and yeah. over there, <laughs> you know, Dang. and I think, I, I think, you know, it's funny how, you know, back to the, the original point on how our goals change so much. It's just about being open to that. Like just the fact that you were open to going to digital and you were able to like put everything else, you know, on hold, like in-person training on hold and building out your gyms on hold. That's like, that's it, bro. That's like the secret yeah. stuff that everybody yeah. has to pick up on, you know? And, you know, any anything you have to that point, as well as um, kind of what what your best advice for, for some of the younger entrepreneurs out there in terms of kind of getting their, getting their feet off the ground a little bit would be. Yeah, I think, I think you kind of killed it with that because you just have to, like we talked about at the very beginning, you have to understand that it's okay to fail and it's okay to flip flop, you know, your decision once you hear something and are receptive about like a better way to do something. And, you know, pride, as we said, pride is a very tricky thing to navigate around. And a lot of that, like when you are very prideful about your business and like as an entrepreneur, like you are a lot of, in a lot of times you're your own boss. So you become very prideful over the entity that you create, but not all of us, especially as we're beginning in entrepreneur, you know, in this entrepreneurial traits, you don't know everything, you know, and you, you need to continue to go out there and have like a close and like we believe in a three person or four, per, like three other people as your circle, three people you look up to and continue to bring in different pieces of their business or strategy or, you know, development. And you do that until you reach like a, a level of like just stagnant behavior. And then once you become stagnant, then, okay, where are my, you know, three other best, you know, CEOs or CFOs or just somebody from di each different walks of life, but somebody who's going to help me with this, my business or any part of my brand, you know, and then I'm going to go attract myself to that or attach myself to them and pick three things from them or pick little pieces from those three. And then once my business becomes stagnant, stagnant at that point then I'm going to grab gravitate to another three and that's what we do with like in basketball training growing up like if you're the best person in the gym you're not getting better like your your game yes you're in the wrong gym your game is just going to be stagnant and like for some we teach all of our players we tell we tell all of our players that is like hey you get into a you know gym and you you know graduate from that from that space you're the best person there find something you're going to get beat up and suck and you know, they're going to challenge you to become a better player because it's going to do you no good, you know, getting reps in at a low level. Like you want to be the best, if you want to be the best player businessman you, you can be, then you got to surround yourself by people who are way better than you. So I think it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of looking in the mirror to be like, okay, I need to embrace that I'm going to suck for right now and things are going to be difficult and I'm not going to be success or as successful but this is going to help me out, push me through this kind of like stagnant space in the long run. I love it, bro. I, I feel the exact same way. And how I very like simply put, look at it is 
the second that your goal changes from consistent from success to consistency, then you're like, you just you're walking on water, you know. Yeah, it's it, Dang, it's that's a, lot. a very simplistic way to put it, man. I love that. I love that. So I want to ask you now. You work a ton, and I like asking this question to people. I think it's a subject that's not talked about enough, but making sure that mentally you're super clear, you're super happy and healthy all the time. When, because everybody, no matter what they do, has to get away from what they do at some point in time, or they have to, for most people, it's working out. For some people, it's changing how, you know, their diet, making, you know, eating healthier. How do you keep yourself sane, mentally clear off? Or what, what are some of the things that you try to do? to make all of that a little bit easier? Uh, for me, my faith has always been like a big component of, of who I am. So making sure that we have our small group, uh, making sure that my wife and I are able to go to church or watch like our church service and kind of be in the word. Like that's always been, you know, my clear, my clear place, uh, an, an opportunity okay. for myself and my family to all be on the same page and for me to turn off work mode. And especially navigating around a time where, you know, social media is 24 hours a day. So like if you're in the content creating business, you know it, you literally could be working from sunup to sundown. And then at the weirdest hours in the middle of the night, because you need to post something or do something for this. And like, it's different, you know? And like, for me, that was having my, my clear space of, of going to church and where I can turn my phone off and, you know, or listen to a service or, you know, indicators for me to be like, yes, this is where I need to just stop, turn everything off, keep myself fresh. And it's one of those things like with, when you withdraw yourself from something it makes you attracted to that thing so much more versus like constantly being in the, constantly being in the driver's seat the entire time, you know, you're going to hate, you know, driving, you pull yourself away. If you have a sports car and you drive that thing 18 hours a day, you're going to hate driving that car. But if you have, you know, look forward to something on the weekends or you take yourself away from that thing and then be like, Oh my gosh, I haven't driven my car in three days. You go to driving that car. It's going to be like, you're going back and it's a new spurn life in you. And like, for me, that's what makes it so much easier to, to be so vibrant. And I'm very passionate guy. Um, as you probably noticed on the court and just through this, you know, interview or this podcast, but like, it helped me so much. Like I really, and people get this perception. Like I work a lot. I really don't. My hours are 10 to four. Monday through Friday, and I do Love not it. do anything on the weekends. It, like, and that's and when Monday comes around. Yes, and when Monday comes around, I'm so excited and pumped to get back in the gym and see these faces and see these people and communicate with people. So being able to take yourself away, have your clear space, whatever that may be, and just you know give you that you know that refreshing experience of going back to the work week or going back to whatever it is that you're doing. Well, my man, you're definitely in the driver's seat, both literally and figuratively. Uh, <laughs> man, great job, Buster. Great thank job. you. I appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you best? 
social medias at jlawbball. Um, our YouTube, Jordan Lolly Basketball, uh, jordanlolly.com for any and all details on merch and everything. Um, more so, just look for the guy who's screaming and yelling all, a, a ton on, uh, on Instagram and social. Sounds good, man. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it, and we'll have you back on soon. Buster, my pleasure. Stay safe, man. Likewise. All right, everybody. All right. See you on the next one. Peace.